Welcome to GoPro, a podcast dedicated to giving athletes the tools to transition, transform, and achieve their greater purpose in life. Get ready to go pro. Welcome back to the GoPro podcast. This week has been a wild one to say the least. For those who don't know, the NFL draft just came to an end. And the title of this episode is Undrafted. First, want to give a quick shout out to all the guys who were picked up. If you're an NFL fan, some of these picks made your day and others not so much. On the show today, we have a current Washington Redskins wide receiver who has had one of the most unique draft experiences to say the least. If you would have asked me a year ago, I would have bet money on hitting the lottery versus predicting that this guy would go undrafted. He ran a 4-3 at the NFL Combine set the combine record for broad jump for wide receivers, which was previously held by Julio Jones, and led the SEC back-to-back years in yards per catch. Welcome to the show, a very close friend of mine and old college roommate, Emmanuel Hall. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Before we get into your story, there's a lot of guys out there who were just in your shoes expecting to be drafted these past few days, and for whatever reason, it simply did not happen. My question to you is, what advice would you give them on the mindset that they should adopt moving forward and what steps should they start taking? Um, You really just got to take it day by day. Um, You can't let, you know, situation dictate the way you go about, you know, the sport. You can't let, you know, someone telling you that, you know, they don't want to draft you, uh, change your whole outlook and approach the way you do things. You should come there you know, work hard. Um, At the end of the day, whether you're drafted or not, um, you're going to get that same opportunity. And so you just got to make it count. Yeah, I really like that. So just relying on kind of what got you to that point, um, your training, your approach to the game, um, just having that same determination moving forward and not letting kind of outside opinions deter you from what God has for you. So um, I want to turn it back over to you and give you the chance to walk us through, one, the emotions that you had leading up to the draft, two, what you learned from that experience, and three, kind of where you're at today. Um, Yeah, so um, my senior year, I was starting my senior year. I came in the year, I was pretty hyped up, had a really good junior year. I started out the year really good. I uh, had back-to-back, like, 170-yard uh, games, which is really good in the SEC. Um, and I remember during that, that time, uh, I was doing so well, and so many people were in my ear. You know, so many people were telling me, oh, you know, you're going to get drafted high. Uh, they're like, oh, you go, you know, first round, second round, third round, if you continue on. Because actually at this time, I was leading the entire country in yards. I think there was uh, one or one guy that had one extra game that just had a little bit more yards than me. And so, you know, naturally when people hype you up, you, you really start getting your head into it. Um, and I think you see a lot of times with professional athletes, you know, some people think it's, it's cocky, um, you know, but really, I mean, it's just a part of it all. I mean, when you have a bunch of people in your ear telling you how great you are 24-7, you know, it can really change the way uh, that, that you just communicate with people and the way that you go about your business. And I so, um, you know, to get back to my season, um, after the third game, I was still leading the country. Um, and then at practice, I tore one side of my groin. 
Um, and at this point, like I said before, I was still, you know, super excited. I was like, you know, regardless of this injury, you know, I'll be able to make it through. Um, you know, I'm still going to get drafted. I, you know, I was thinking about the lifestyle I could potentially have, you know, the cars, the, the, the fame, you know, a bunch of things, honestly, that um, is not really important, um, you know, when it comes to playing, you know, the sport that you love. You know, fame and, and money is not really uh, should not really be a driving factor. It should be more of just the love for what you do. Um, but when I tore one side of my groin, I had to sit out four games. And so this is when it got tough for me because when I sat out the four games, after the first week of my injury, uh, my dad passed away just randomly. Um, and that was extremely, extremely tough for me. You know, definitely the hardest time of my life. You know, I, I was very depressed. I, I had, you know, I was having... There's a lot of mental lapses. And, uh, you know, to say the least, I had pressures from the coaching staff to come back. I had pressures from, you know, players that come back. They're like, you know, you can push through it. You know, you're, it's a very minimal injury. Um, and so after four weeks, I did come back. And, you know, I then, you know, recollected my mind. I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm still this baller. And I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to make it through and I'm going to go get drafted. And I did. I played the rest of the, the uh, year. I uh, I did really well. Um, I ended up finishing the season, uh, one of the top receivers in the SEC, I want to say it was probably top three or four um, in yards and then yards per catch. I think I was number one and that was two years back to back. Um, so at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm getting prepared for the combine, um, you know, leading up to the combine. I kind of knew this was my time to shine. And I was like, I'm about to secure the bag. You know, I'm, I'm about to go do everything I've ever wanted. I'm about to go get everything I've ever, you know, worked for. Um, and I honestly feel like, you know, at that time, I was very driven uh, and just like, you know, Insta like, you know, a lot of athletes are worried about Instagram likes, you know, Instagram followers, you know, uh, a lot of artificial things that, that really just are not important. Um, but regardless of that, um, when the combine came, um, I did perform and I did really, really good. Um, I actually, you know, like you said, you know, I did the 11 9. I ran a 4-3, and I did avert a 43-5, which, you know, are things that people rarely see. And I think at that point, you know, people kind of put me in that category, okay, he's a freak athlete. Um, but, you know, my medicals didn't really check out at the combine. Um, and so I remember leading up to the draft, I was confident. I was like, you know, regardless of my medicals, you know, in any situation, I've always gotten through adversity. I was like, I've never really let something totally derail, especially athletically. I've, I've never not made a team. I've always accomplished my goals in the long term. So I was like, you know, this is going to be just like any other time. This is God's plan for me. I overcame the adversity. It's going to be a great story. Um, and then I remember as I got closer, um, actually, you had came up to Nashville right right before the draft had started. And uh, we were going out and we were downtown Nashville and we were going to go buy some food. And I was like, you trying to pay for it? And he was like, man, you're about to be a millionaire. Like, uh, <laughs> you can pay for it. And I was like, and I laughed at the time. I was like, you know what? Actually, you're right. I am, you know, I'm, I'm about to get all the things I've ever worked for. Um, and then that day came. And so day one of the draft, I didn't expect to go. That, that was round one. Um, realistically, um, I was not going to go round one. But round two or round two and three, which was day two, is when I was expected to be uh, taken. You know, teams had talked to me, said that they liked me in those rounds. Uh, you know, media had predicted me going in those rounds. 
you know, people that are just close to me or in my ear, like, oh, you're a second round, third round draft pick. That's awesome. You know, I'm hyped up. I have media at my house. I had, you know, a brand new car that I just bought. I was excited. Um, you know, I had friends. I had family. Um, I had the whole crew at my house waiting for me to be drafted. Um, and then as day two came around, I was not. Um, and I remember when round two had passed, uh, you know, I got a little bit nervous. I was very frustrated at this point um, just because I had expected the whole time to go in round two. But I was like, you know what? Round three's coming. I'll get the call. Round three came. No call. And at this point, I was freaking out. I was like, what? what's happening? Like, you know, am I going to be drafted? You know, maybe I'll just get drafted later. But, you know, the whole thing, it was just it felt embarrassing. You know, I had a lot of people at my house. Um, you know, I had definitely... Um, you know, people ask, oh, what round are you going to get drafted? You know, leading up to the draft, I told a bunch of people, oh, round two and three, watch out for it. And these are people, you know, outside of my family, just random people on the street, you know, all types of things. Um, and then uh, day three had came and I went undrafted. And I remember as it got towards the end of the draft, I was literally, I, I was so upset, um, you know, because I was like, I don't understand. You know, I had a great college career. I killed the combine. I was like, where did it go wrong? Um, and, you know, what I'm thinking is, you know, those medicals, but who, who really knows? Um, but, you know, my whole point to that is, you know, you don't, it doesn't always go the way that you think it's going to go. And so regardless of all that, I still signed to uh, Chicago. Uh, when I signed to Chicago, I knew that I still wasn't fully healthy. And I was a little nervous by that, by that but I was still like, you know, at the end of the day, I'll be able to make it through. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten through it before. So I went to Chicago and they gave me a surgery on, on, on my groin and I was supposed to get healthy fast. I didn't. I was cut. Um, and then I went to, to the Bucks shortly after that uh, and I was cut again. And at this point, I was like, wow, you know, I, I was devastated. You know, I remember especially that first time I was cut with Chicago. I literally remember going back. I cleared my, my room out because we were in hotels and I literally just felt numb because I was like, now what? Like, <laughs> like, am I even going to get picked up? Then I did. And then I got cut again. Um, so at this point, I was like, is this even for me, really? I, I was like, why is all this bad stuff happening? I've worked so hard. I was like, I've set myself up. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, nothing really in the pros is promised. And there's so many things that can happen, whether that's injury, whether that's, uh, you know, you're just getting released, whether it's you're getting released for money. Uh, there's so many different scenarios. And so I remember when I was released from the bugs at this point, I was physically I was not healthy. Um, you know, mentally, I, I was not healthy. I, I was very down on myself. Um, and I remember actually when I got released with the bugs, I actually sat uh, still in Tampa. I, I stayed in Tampa, slept on a uh, air mattress. And it wasn't because I couldn't go home. It was really that I was just too embarrassed to go home. I didn't want to go home. Um, and I had the money to pay for it. And so I was like, I'm just going to sit here, sleep on this air mattress. I had no furniture. Um, it was a really, really, really tough time for me. Um, looking back on it, it, it definitely prepared me, though, because what I did, it was like, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, football dictate, um, you know, how I'm feeling. I'm not going to sit here and, and soak in sorrow. And so I moved back home. I moved in with my girlfriend and I came up with a plan. And I was like, you know, this type of job, and that goes for any pro, can come and go at, at any moment. And you never really know. And there's a lot of guys that don't get their degrees. There's a lot of guys that don't really see past football. And when I say see past football, I'm not saying you don't like football. What I'm saying is 
you have to set yourself up for the future because regardless if you play or you don't play, um, you know, whether that's five or 10 years, whether that's, you know, a couple months, it's like at some point it's going to end. And so what I did is I came with a plan and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, you know, I want to start my own real estate firm. And so to do that, you know, the first step, I got to, you know, work in real estate. And so I got my real estate license. Um, But really what that did was at the end of the year, I went to the Redskins. You know, it was kind of surprising um, because at that point, I didn't really have a lot of calls from the NFL. I had XFL calls, had a lot of teams that worked me out. I had like eight or nine, you know, NFL teams that worked me out, but none of them had picked me up yet. And I wasn't healthy, but the Redskins picked me up. At this point, I was a little bit more healthy. I made it through and ended up earning a contract. But I think the biggest thing that separated me um, from my other experiences is that I felt so calm when I was with the Redskins. And it wasn't because um, just because, you know, I'd, I'd been through it already. I had seen the, the rock bottom of it all. It was really the fact that I had an extension to plan A. And I say an extension of plan A because I don't really believe in a plan B. I think plan B kind of takes away from plan A. But there's nothing wrong with setting yourself up for the future, even though you're currently playing a professional sport. There's nothing wrong with being a guy that's basically being smart. You know, I think it's like a culture, you know, that, um, you know, you're you're kind of opting out of, you know, the the love when people talk about, oh, you know, I, I, f- I focus on this too. You know, it's, whether that's a side hustle, whether it's a passion, it's like you got to have something to rely on because the, you know, the facts of the NFL is, you know, over 70 percent go bankrupt after two years. And, and that's not just because people overspend. That's because they don't have a backup plan. When you don't have the backup plan, you get released you know, that can lead to things like, you know, depression and never coming out of your house, Um, you know, and basically over time, you know, time will pass quick and, you know, you're you're 26, been out of league for two years and you still have no plan, no goals. Um, You don't want to put yourself in that position. So I really urge people to set yourself up for the future. Um, And the reason being is that it will help you actually play your sport more free because you don't really feel like, um, you know, your whole future relies on you making that team at that moment. You know, if, if the game is meant for you, it's going to work out. I, I urge everybody to always work harder what you do. I work uh, my butt off, you know, to be the best football player I can be, uh, to play that, you know, career that's 10 years. Um, but, you know, there's so many different factors that, that can also change that for you. So set yourself up for the future. And I think that you will really appreciate yourself uh, for doing that. Wow. It's crazy to hear you tell that story because a lot of times people from the outside looking in think the road to success for a professional athlete is an easy one. You know, once you hit a certain point, whether that's having a great college career or putting up combine numbers. But, you know, a lot of people forget that the NFL is a business first and operates accordingly. So um, I really appreciate you opening up and, and sharing that story and also kind of differentiating the fact that you know, having a plan to set yourself up in all aspects of your life doesn't mean you aren't dedicated and driven to your sport. Because, I mean, it sounds like you still put in countless hours towards football, but you also have a plan for your finances also. So I think that's a that's a great message that'll that'll also resonate for a lot of people and also give a lot of guys hope um, that there's still without a doubt a chance to make the t- make a team but also prepare them for the reality of the situation as a whole. So 
to wrap things up, man, I just want to give you a chance to uh, share with our listeners kind of where they can find you at on Twitter, Instagram. Do you have a social media handle? Yeah, follow me at uh, E underscore Hall 84. Well, there you have it, guys. Emmanuel Hall with the Washington Redskins. Wish you the best of luck this season, bro. And um, till next time on GoPro, take care. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the GoPro Podcast with your host, Nate Brown. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.